I just can't believe the kid actually sent me a, uh, a wry cat smile rep- response. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for reduced sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 14th. The um, it's, been a busy, it's been a busy week, um, and not just because uh, of my birthday last week. No, like, man, the like the list of things that have happened since we last recorded is pretty pretty phenomenal. Uh, Virginia landed um, two transfers. They, there are three transfers all committed elsewhere. Um, and Trey Murphy has put himself uh, at least testing the uh, NBA draft water. So lots to discuss. Um, I mean, let's just get to it. First up in uh, Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber is on the program. What's going on, man? You know, just hanging in. I really wish Pollen would enter the transfer portal <laughs> and, and get out of my face. But, you know, I know how that goes for the next week or so. That's It's funny because actually, like, pollen season and transfer season is just going <laughs> to line up, I guess, for the years to come. So, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And uh, up in Fisherville, David Spence is also back on the program. What's going on, my dude? Dude, I'm sitting here, like, literally, Ferber, and I haven't talked today, but that was going to be my joke to open today. <laughs> pollen and the transfer portal because guys... I am losing the battle. Um Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm, lo- I'm loopy on on allergy meds. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter and Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, loopy on uh, on allergy meds. That's pretty great. Um, yeah, I just had to do a couple bumps of Flonase before the <laughs> recording. Uh, Ferber, yeah, where I were exceed we... max dose on a regular basis. Ferber, where were we going? <laughs> there was this one time you had like a massive allergy attack. Where were we going? Mm-hmm. I saw your. It tweet must have today. been this time of the year. I, th- I think we were going to a spring practice or something, and you couldn't go or something because you base your 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 entire sinus cavity just decided to like exp- explode. Um, yeah, I don't know. It probably that's probably about right. Like you would cut grass like a month. Like it was yeah. something about you had cut grass and like you, you basically one of your eyes was like swollen shut or something. Looked like you've been in a fight yeah. with Aaron Donald. It was it was not, ooh yeah you like that reference. I know right where we're yeah, topical tonight. It, it, it was probably something like that. I mean, it's just usually like a month right around this time of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just so, I don't know, tragic, I guess. Like Tragical? Everybody's like, finally, let's open up every window and like <laughs> let's spend all of our time outside right when this happens. So, exactly. And I just, I don't, you know, I'm not going to complain. So, I mean, I don't even know where to start, man. We could do it chronologically. I I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right way, but um, certainly it's an, an option. But my my gut says let's talk about the guys who left. Um, there there was a lot of uh, angst, consternation, uh, outright um, frustration and anger, if you want to, with um, Justin McCoy going to Carolina, um, Casey Morcel going to NC State. I don't think anybody necessarily was all that upset that Jabri went to Georgia. Um, I guess I just want to open it like this. <sighs> In the pantheon of things that really get on your nerves, does do you care where the guy goes once he leaves? Um, Dave, let's start with you. Do you care that McCoy went to Carolina or that uh, Morcel, you know, went to NC State? Do you care that they stayed in conference? I mean, I'm a I'm a little bit of an old head, right? So like the idea of transferring a conference is still kind of harsh for me. Um, you know, not right, despite the fact Virginia's taken a couple of grad transfers in football from you know Carolina. Um, for me, like the the head scratching part about McCoy in particular wasn't that he went to Carolina. It's that he basically put himself in the same situation on a new team. Um, right. You know, if you're not going to stay at Virginia and have to fight for minutes and and play in a system that, you know, 
maybe you don't like. I don't know the Carolina system's any better for him, and we know they've got bigs. Now, obviously, they've lost a few. Um, but I still don't think he's a day-one starter. And what's weird is, like, we've seen him, and I, I don't know. Like, I expected him to drop down a level um, and get some playing time. I mean, I think everyone thought Charlotte was a favorite. But, um, I mean, good for him. I mean, <laughs> more power to him. Um, I mean, I'm not upset about it. I've, it's just weird to me that, that he would leave an identical situation to go to another one. Yeah, it's certainly weird. Like that, I will not. I mean, like that's 100 percent true, right? It's it's weird. Yeah. Um, Ferber, I don't know though. Like, I, I guess I don't understand like this whole like um, like I, I don't know if it's like enough to get all swolt up in the chest about, right? And maybe there are people who are listening to this podcast who are just yelling at me right now, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you can send your email to Ferber. Um, <laughs> but if you know, in the in the big scheme of things, like if a guy says he doesn't want to le- he doesn't want to play for you anymore, he doesn't want to go to your school, doesn't want to play a part of your team, do you really care where he leaves to go to? Like, um, I understand that there's just there was this like mini there was this mini conversation for a while among, you know, the very online UVA fans about um do you, do you claim guys once they've left, right? You know, do you still see them as, you know, former Wahoos or whatever if you want to phrase it? Um to me, if a guy decides he wants to leave and he wants to go in conference, um, I mean, listen, it's his it's his life, right? It's his career. That's what he wants to do. As a UVA fan, like if a guy wants to leave, um, I would imagine that a part of you just thinks, "Hey, you know what? We got to move on." Um, what do you think about this? This do you do you care? Do, does it bug you that guys stayed in conference? Um, yeah, I, I actually kind of have a few different ways to kind of go with this i think dave's point about it being weird is rings true because it's such a new phenomenon exactly i agree i think that you know if you're like man that's weird to see a guy that played for uva go play for north carolina that is weird because it has really rarely ever happened i mean i can't think of many instances of that so um I, i understand that element of it if you're up, the people that are upset because they're like, you were a UVA guy and now you're going to go to the enemy. Like you're just, you're just uh, projecting your own feelings onto other people. And that's not, I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but like college sports are not for one players don't look at things through the same lenses as um, fans. Like, you know, if you, if you hate North Carolina because you have this 40 year relationship with them where it's, you know, been, you know, you, you just feel you, they're the enemy, right? Or whatever for you for, for decades. I understand that. But like these basketball players, Justin McCoy was recorded by recruited by North Carolina two years ago. Like, it's not like he has this, like, you know, deep, deep seated hatred for North Carolina. He's played against them. What twice? Like, you know, and they're the home state, like the flagship school in his home state. Like, I don't, I don't understand like why people would think that he like, it was like out of the realm of possibility for him to go play for them. I completely agree with everything Dave said about being sort of a strange fit. Um, but I mean, it is closer to home. So if that's what he was looking for, then he got it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think people are just sort of projecting like fandom onto players with that stuff. And, and I don't, nobody expects you to want them to beat UVA. So like, if you're, if you're like, I'm not going to root for Marcel when he comes to JPJ, like, of course you wouldn't. Like, why would you? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, obviously, you, you don't want anything bad to happen to him. But, like, at the same time, like, I don't expect you to, like, hope that he, like, kills UVA and when they play head-to-head. But this is really what I think about these particular transfers, especially these two. Jabri, you know, he left, he went to Georgia. We're probably not going to see him again, like, you know, at UVA. You know, there, there's not going to be a tie-in unless they play, you know, in some tournament or something. Um McCoy going to North Carolina, like Justin McCoy did not have a huge role for UVA. He might have next year. Um, he he's certainly like a high motor guy. He has an imp- he can make an impact there. Maybe that fits him a little better than UVA did. But uh, that's not exactly like a high impact transfer unless he becomes something that he was not here. Like the period. End of story. Like uh, like unless you're like oh he knows the pack line in and out like. That's a guy that he's not. That's pretty much on film, you know. That's yeah. I guess I'll just try to cut this sort of shorter. But like him and Marcel, um, they go to in in conference rivals. Um, those are UVA bench players that may or may not have had big roles next year. But 
there's also not like especially in Casey's case, there's not a long track record of guys not being impact players in their first couple years as guards and then going on to being like stars. The only example that we could come up with among the three of us was Devin Hall. Um, and he was buried behind pros and Casey was not. And Casey still was passed up by a freshman and he went to NC state and took their last open scholarship. Right. So they were full on Monday when Jaden Gardner committed to UVA. And then you look at the impact of the players. So like McCoy and Morsell, I don't have their numbers in front of me. They were both single digit scores, bench guys. UVA added two guys that combined average almost 30 points a game last year. Like it's not comparable. So like if you're worried about those two guys beating UVA, that's just paranoia based on what we've seen. Now, I think both yeah. of those guys have the ability to become better players than what we've seen, and maybe they hit a big shot against UVA at some point. But, like, I'll take – this is the this is what I said in another thread. Tony's going to take his guys, the ones that stay, the ones that transfer in, the ones that come in and stay, and he's going to play against other teams' guys, and normally he's going to beat them. So I'll roll the dice with what he's got. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Just to add one thing on that, um, like – you know, if you want to be upset because he went to Carolina, I mean, I guess that's your right. But look, we would all have been ecstatic if Walker Kessler decided to come to UVA. So I'm not going to hold it that way. And then look, if if Carolina beats Virginia next year, it won't like. I mean, it could be McCoy making a game winning shot. But you know what? Like, law of averages say Carolina is going to beat Virginia at some point in the next few years because they haven't done it in a long time. Um, but yeah, for me, like the weird thing is not where they went. It's just both of them, like. I don't think either one of them went to a situation that makes it easier for him to see the court. Yeah, Morcel maybe. Like, I don't know. Maybe he just fits better with what they're doing. To me, that addition was weirder on NC State's part because they were involved with other players. And, like, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, slander Casey Morcel on his way out the door, but we we saw well, what he did in UVA. To, in fairness, he kind of opened some of that up because some of the comments he made. Yeah, which but I mean, like, we saw what he we saw what he did his production at UVA, um, and like they were rec- they were recruiting Flanders Fleming, right? He averaged twenty points a game, different league, but twenty points a game is twenty points a game, and Jaden Gardner, obviously, who we'll get into, and and other guys are out there, and NC State took him. Maybe they see something that I don't see. But, like, if you're worried about – put it this way. NC State and North Carolina are now filling their rosters and getting fired up about the potential of guys that did not play that much at UVA. Imagine telling somebody that 10 years ago. Like, that wouldn't have made any sense. And, and UVA has reached a point now where, like, teams are like, I'll gamble on a UVA transfer, <laughs> including North Carolina. Yeah. While Meanwhile, UVA is adding dudes who were, like, AAC player of the year. Um, all right, real quick, two things. One, this whole entire thing, right, is interesting to me because guys who leave UVA to go somewhere else, they're like terrible. But guys who choose to come to UVA, they are like great, right? Yeah. And that is such a, a, it's such an understandable sort of, that's just the way fans sort of work, right? That, um, that that sort of inclination to sort of not to not realize your own sort of bias of it a whole thing. Uh, it reminded me yeah, too. All of a sudden, this week transfers aren't the end of the sport. Exactly. Two weeks ago, <laughs> it was like, "What are we doing? Oh my gosh, the world is on fire." Now it's like, "Oh man, you know this transfer portal is not bad." Um, but Which it also is what reminded we told me. Told you was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> what is the thing Bomani always says? You know, uh, listen to me now, believe me later on. Um, but the other thing that reminded me of too is like the way fans sort of think about recruiting one is it's always like, it doesn't really matter. There's certainly a, some, some people who pay attention to recruiting. Certainly they're interested in like how guys will fit and what the needs are, but there are a lot of folks. It's just like a game, right? It's like you want to score more points, you know, than the other team, right? You want to have more five stars, more four stars, more highly rated guys, right? You want to have, you want to be able to say you have one of the best classes in the country and that kind of thing. Right. And what's interesting is, is that these folks were, you know, up in arms, whatever, uh, two weeks ago. Now UVA gets Franklin and and Gardner, and it's and you could make an argument that UVA is one of the, you know, easily the best in the league right now. I mean, tell me somebody else who's done better in the portal, right? Um, and that that is, you know, that's a 
you know, kind of a feather in the cap. But it also reminds me a little bit. Of, you know, how, like fans can't really ever understand like why somebody wouldn't want to play for their like wouldn't want to go to their school. That's a, but that's exactly what it is. I think that's why people get upset when recruits don't choose them because deep down it's like in it. How could you? Yeah, that's right. How could recruits, you ever not want, recruits right. choosing UVA is validation that UVA is the best place to go. Right. And, and listen, so when they don't, it's like oh well, it's because they got paid or because. And, and certainly that is the case sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to, I mean, listen, I make my livelihood talking about guys who, you know, may or may, you know, may not and ultimately do choose Virginia. Right. But and I'm, and I'm not knocking people for having this thought. I'm just saying like, it's just interesting. Right. In the, in, in the way that this, the transfer portal and sort of these rule changes, which apparently are, you know, the one-time transfer thing is going to become a, a, a real thing. Um, not just this year, but it won't be as widespread going forward because right now everybody can do it and it's fine. Um, guys will have to, you know, they'll have their one time to do it. But just in general, the portal has changed. It w- all, it's almost like um, the whole adage about, you know, um, if you become a superhero, it really just sort of magnifies who you already were, right? The portal, in a way, sort of magnifies all the problems within fan bases, right? So then you have, like, Kentucky fans who clearly think that they should be able to get anybody they want. Um, and anytime they don't, it's like the end of the world, right? Then you have, like, the sort of delusional fan bases who think that they're something. And there are a couple of them in the ACC who I'm not going to go into. Um, to Specifically, though, about McCoy and more so. McCoy is interesting in the sense of, like, I can see a scenario where he says, well, you know what, playing fast or getting up and down, that's, that fits me better. If I'm going to be on an ACC team and probably not be a major contributor, at least let me do it somewhere where I might fit in a little better and I can play close to home. And clearly, you know, those were the Virginia Carolina were the two schools for him in the end. And, uh, it, and clearly he's got some, some family connections to UNC and everything. Hey, you know what? Good luck with that. I, I'm, I'm, I hope it works out for you. Right. The more sell to NC state one really makes no sense to me. Um, in the sense of like the fit, I mean, maybe, maybe because they play a physical style, um, but his bigger problems in, and the reason he didn't play at UVA are probably going to keep him off the floor in, in Raleigh too. Now change of scenery, as we talked about, can do a lot for humans, right? And maybe he, he changes that scenery and, and things click. The guy I saw in Charlottesville is not the same dude I saw in the AU and, and, and circuit and everything. Like it's just not close. Yeah. So whatever whatever was going on with him, maybe that's you know that change of scenery is what he needs, and he and he'll be better off. I, both of those decisions, though, I mean that they go to in conference teams. I mean it's interesting, but that's about the this. The, I don't. I mean I don't think it's really something you know to grab. Yeah, and I don't think about. they went into the portal like I'm going to find a school in the ACC so I can take my <laughs> Stick revenge. It to this, him, isn't, yeah. this isn't a George R. R. Martin novel, like you know. Yeah. Although I will say this, I will say this, though, Morcel's comments about, you know, leaving UVA and, and kind of um, it not being what he thought it was going to be. Like, I went back and looked. I mean, not just stories I wrote and quote, you know, but I'm, I'm just talking like it was it was a thing that basically any time the national mothership would run a story about like, you know, this class and the best fits and whatever. Yeah. Or guys who were going to pan out like Morcel was always there and I could always plan to, to put that content on my site. I mean, we always we thought it was going to work out. I mean, and I think everybody did, and it's okay that it didn't. Like, you know, I know that's got to be hard when it's not you, right? When it's when it's you're the one who's, um, you know, when it's when it's your, you know, your your situation, and you're sort of left holding the bag. And like I said, I hope. I mean, I have no no ill will, right? I'm, you know, they were both great kids to cover, and certainly helped, you know, talked, you know, to me and stories and whatnot. Like that's, I mean, I appreciate them. I'm not, I got no no beef, right? I'm just saying, like, it's just it was just interesting to me that like. You go back and read quotes, and 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 certainly the stories and stuff at the time. I mean, maybe maybe something changed somewhere along the way um, that I'm not aware of, and I'll leave open that possibility. But what I saw on the floor, um, me ultimately, as I as I told the folks at the Wolfpacker for that story that they wrote, like a lot of what he, you know, what has to take, you know, what's going to get him on the floor would have been the same things that would have got him on the floor at Virginia, right? It, you know, being more consistent with the shot, being more consistent. Um, you know, in terms of his ball handling, being, um, you know, a, a more um, versatile, you know, kind of defender in the mold that we kind of all expected him to be. Like he, he his game needs to take those steps forward. Um, and I would say the same thing for more McCoy. I mean, I don't think either one of them, um, you know, it's it's not a whole whole lot of rocket science, you know. Now, that being said, um, let's also talk about the the goodness, right? Now that we've we beat the fan base up for a little while. Um, the Cavaliers scored 
you know, I mean, look, most folks who, who looked at this would have Gardner as one of the top five or so uh, transfers in the country. Franklin was somewhere in that 25 to 30 range. Um, essentially, if you want to think about, uh, if you want to try to translate transfer recruiting into like normal recruiting, um, it's it's almost like a five star and a four star, right? In terms of what's out there. Now, granted, not everybody's looking, right? Not everybody's going shopping, so to speak, but um, they're two incredibly solid um, additions. Dave, I mean, we're, Ferber obviously, you know, he had his um, he had to say a little bit on on both of these guys in film room. Um, overall, how happy are you with with these two guys being in the fold? Could you could like is there a scenario where something else would have happened that would have made you happier? than these two guys no i don't i don't think so i mean look fleming obviously we talked a lot about fleming and gardner last week i think uh um i mean i wasn't as sold on fleming as some others might be like i thought he was a high volume guy but franklin we i mean i guess we, we probably all should all three should have talked more about franklin last week but a lot transpired between recording on the podcast and when he committed it um but no he look they're both they're both really good um and not to sound like a fan, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think it, there's, I don't know of anyone in the country that wouldn't trade, make the trade we just made. Um, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Right. Like think about like yeah. if Virginia was the team who, who you, you traded away McCoy, Abdul Rahim and Morcel, and you get back Gardner and Franklin. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. And a scholarship yeah. to be named later. And a sco- yeah, that's right. And a player to be <laughs> yeah. named later. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- I mean, I think it's a good trade if that's how you want to look at it, but also, just the fit, right? I mean, the pack line in our offense is not the easiest thing. You, know, you, you can't just grab everybody and fit in. That was my concern with Fleming. Now, look, I would have been ecstatic to get him, especially after we landed Franklin. Because at that point, I thought if he if it didn't work out, it wouldn't hurt you as much. Um, but, you know, Franklin does it in the, the way Franklin plays, and he can play on the ball, off the ball, and be effective. He can play some three, and he, he likes to defend and knows the pack line. That's all a plus, right? Like, that's what you need. It can get – you don't have to play Reese and Kihei together for extended minutes anymore. It, you know, you can still play them together and move Franklin to the three against smaller lineups. Like, it gives you lots of options. And then Gardner is a stud, and then obviously Ferber did the film room on him. But, um, I mean, that, that guy just knows how to score the basketball. He's not – I mean, I think Ferber compared him, you know, kind of a hybrid between Justin Anderson and, and Anthony Gill, which – I did too. Like that's high praise, but he's also got that Travis Watson in him. Um, yeah, and he he just creates space despite his size. Like, look, he's not six eight. He's not six nine. He, he's a big six 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 seven. Um, but he's also wide and strong. And you know, a lot of the guys here. Here's the truth about college basketball. We saw it. Like, if you're you know if you're if you're more than six eight, more than you know if you're taller than that guy, usually in this league you're either big and slow. You know, or in college, you're either big and slow or you're skinny and tall trying to develop, right? So he can take advantage of that. Um, and if you, you know, if you, he, he's productive. And as you, as I watched more and more of him, it wasn't that he was productive in like a five out offense. Um, you know, they ran some sets for him. Like he was productive as a screener you know, with, with the role, with the pop up game. And he's able to, to dribble drive. Um, and I don't think he's a terrible shooter. Like his mid-range game is is very good. So, like I'm very encouraged by that. Um, so if you just want to compare them with what we lost, I think I think it's an upgrade. But you know, obviously Virginia lost more than just Morcel and McCoy. And that, I think that's the debate you have: is is this team better with? <laughs> there's no way the team's better than <laughs> with losing Hauser, Huff, and potentially Murphy, and just adding these two guys. But look, they're way better off than they were when we recorded it last week. Um, one thing, you know, clearly they won the trade, right? If we think about it that way, Ferber, you did an, I think an outstanding job of not just, you know, shining a light on, Hey, here, here's the talent level, but also sort of breaking down and, and the comparisons I think were spot on breaking down, you know, kind of giving people a feel for what it's going to look like. Is it safe to say that Franklin is, um, it, it is so weird to say my last name this much guys. I'm sorry. Like every once in a while, I gotta come up. He, kids gotta have a nickname. It's just bugging me. All right, sorry, that was a, an aside. All right, Franklin is a like Franklin, A Franklin, and B Franklin. <laughs> wow, that's 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 not bad. Um, it's I, just I, AF. 
Wow. <laughs> that's but that's what you know what my my kid is Abigail Franklin. Her middle name is Suzanne, so it's as F. Like yeah, come on. Anyway, cool. um I digress. Listen. So Franklin is like it's Franklin is everything we thought Morcel would be, except he's already proven that that's who he is. And then he's also a little bit better. I, I think is is my general sense, right? Gardner is he's exactly the kind of post player who who typically will do well at UVA, right? He's gritty. He's he's got some dog in him, and he's used to playing against guys who are going to be taller than him, and he'll just take it right into your chest. He does not care. And from us, you know, if you had asked me to just let before I'd looked at anybody who was in the portal, da, 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 you just said, "What does this team need?" I would have probably told you these two types of skill sets. Now, I probably would have wanted the big to be a little bouncier, maybe a little bit longer, um, but realistically, like these dudes are perfect. As you broke down their film, Ferber. Had you did it? Did it sort of convince you how right you were, or did you just sort of be, did you sort of see over time just how right of a fit they are for UVA? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with Franklin because you know he was first, and the more I watched, the more I was like, "Yep, this is a perfect fit." Like, and that's why I I'll say this. You know, nobody's gonna remember this, but I, I'm not the type of person to do this. But I guarantee you. I guarantee you that Armand Franklin will be better at UVA than where he's ranked as far as like transfers in the portal. Like he will be one of the best transfers to sign anywhere in this cycle over the next two years, because I think he'll be a two year player. Um, He's a phenomenal fit and, and you're right. I mean, he is what UVA needs from that two spot that they didn't have this year. And I, I told you guys in our text thread, when I was watching his stuff last week, one of the things I wrote down in my notes was if UVA had him this year, dot, 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 you know, because that's exactly what they, I mean, obviously they had the shooting. So like Franklin shooting would have been a great asset, but that's not necessarily what they needed. What they needed was his ability to get to the rim and he can do that. Like he's strong enough to beat bigger guys. He's quick enough to beat quick guys. Um, He's creative enough off the bounce to, you know, know when to pull up, know when to get to the rim. Um, he is crafty with his pump fakes and just movement, you know, subtle movement. Um, he has enough of an outside game to, that guys have to respect it and he can get by them. Uh, he's a good passer. He, I'm not going to sit here and say he's like an amazing defender because I think for UVA fans, that means like an amazing defender, you know? Um, but I think he, he played in the pack line in Indiana or, or some version of it. Um, so I think his transition will be relatively smooth and he has the tools to be a very good defender. Um, and, and no disrespect to Kyle guy, but if Kyle guy athletically could play that position in the pack line and, and be, and not be a liability, this dude can do it because, you know, he's got all those tools and then some, and that's the comparison that I made. It's not a one-to-one, obviously, like there are some differences, you know, Kyle guy's shot was a little quicker. Um, he could probably hit it from diff- more angles. And obviously he was a, I'm not going to sit here and say like Franklin's going to be a final four most outstanding player, but he can, he can do a lot of the things that UVA is going to want in that spot, moving off the dribble and, you think about like Reese Beekman and and I mean this is no disrespect but Reese Beekman is a is a one playing the two um and he can't give you what Franklin gives you in that spot so it, it's going to be a huge upgrade running off screens all that stuff I think he's going to be a huge asset in that way um and I think it, it's a perfect fit for what for what UVA does and for him I think he's going to benefit from it um and and we'll get into Gardner I'm sure but you know, like the the thing that really impressed me the most from just watching both of those guys is that both of them are really tough players and that stands out when you watch them. And I think that that's a something that I don't want to say UVA didn't have any toughness this year. Cause I think that's way too far, but I think it's something that was lacking at times um, or just like lapses. And I think guys like this, you know, we've talked about guys that can just go get a bucket. Both of these dudes can do that. Um, and I'm really excited about both of them, but you know, you asked about Franklin and I think he's a, he's a perfect fit for what UVA wants at the two spot. Gardner to me, listen, we've talked before on the show. I don't know how many times we've talked about it. We've talked about it plenty, right? The idea like sometimes you just need a dude who is a dog, like has that in him. And 
in recruiting circles, that's a that's a very common thing to discuss. Uh, in large part because it's a thing that can sometimes set kids apart. Like, yeah, kids jumper might not be this, whatever, but he, you know, this guy, this guy is a guy you can count on to, um, to find a way, right? Go get your bucket. We talk about these things a lot. The thing about Gardner that really jumps off the the page is it it all makes sense. And what I mean by that is like his his style, uh, his his sort of um, repertoire of moves. Um, when you get a when you get a chance to you know watch him and you know I think to to Ferber's credit he found a decent amount of film even though there wasn't a, a whole lot of ECU stuff out there. I will but never you, watch ECU basketball again. <laughs> but when you look at the numbers, you, it all, and you and you watch him play, you're like, oh, that's why. Like he just finds a way, dude. Like and you said crafty about Franklin. Like Gardner is crafty, but in a like grown ass man way. If that makes any <laughs> yeah. sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it might not always be pretty, but you know what? It's going to get done. Like, he's just that, he's just that dude. And uh, Virginia has not had that guy. I mean, it has been a while. I mean, he might not be quite, you know, um, you know, you're, you compared him to sort of a, a combination of Gill and Anderson. I think that's really good. Uh, Dave mentioned um, Watson, you know, like, he, but he's also got a lot of Darion Atkins in him, man. Like Anthony yeah, Gill was, was one hard. of the nicest it was really dudes hard to find a comparison. For him. Oh, for sure, like unicorn sort of. Player. Yeah, Anthony. Listen, Anthony Gill is one of the nicest humans on earth. Okay, uh, did not cover Travis Watson, but he Travis Watson had a little bit of that Darion in him too, or I guess vice versa, since one of them came first. A lot, um, a lot, a lot, right? <laughs> like, and, and I'm sorry, like sometimes you just need that guy who was like, you know what? Let's do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just need that dude. And like, I've I. I watched Virginia basketball enough to know like the teams that have that guy typically do a lot better than the teams that don't. Um, and, and let's be know. honest, the championship team had like three of those guys. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were different personality. Right. But, like, Just unbelievably like confident. Yes. Like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they, you know, like when they, the, the, my favorite part of the, the unbelievable specials, like, you know, they're all like, no, he should have passed me the ball. Like you know what I mean? Like they're like, no, he should have given it to me. Yeah, you um, have it. That's what the, that's what this UVA team next year is going to be. And I don't know. I mean, like we haven't seen them play together. They haven't played together. Like you know, we don't know exactly how it's going to fit. But the team, the 2019 team, had a bunch of alphas that learned to like play together and complement each other. And these two dudes, like especially Gardner, are alphas. Like they don't know any other way. Especially, I mean, Gardner had nothing around him, and he was like, I'm just gonna. Everybody get out of my way. I'm going to the rim. Like, I wonder what the adjustment is like when you when you go from I mean listen, let's talk about the roster next year because to you know our other our other topic uh, out there is that Trey Murphy has entered his name into the um not into the portal into the uh, NBA draft discussion <laughs> and uh you know he will maintain his eligibility but uh, you know it seems pretty clear that unless there is a like an injury or something some 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 hiccup somewhere he's probably gone more likely than not. Um, and I think as we talked about and, and I've posted on the board, like if you're UVA, I think you have to you have to move forward as if he doesn't come back. And then if he does come back, you sort of have to figure it out, almost like you did this last year when you weren't expecting him to play. And all of a sudden he was able to play. Um, but you look at the roster next year. It actually feels a lot like a UVA roster, right? You got, you know, you got Clark, you got Beekman, you got Franklin, you got Gardner, you know, you're not, I mean, you know, Dave is not quite as sold on Shedrick um, as maybe I am certainly uh, coming off of a year like he had last year, What you're really hoping him from him is some consistency in the, in the weight room, some consistency. Hey, you know, Dave is not, not sold on Shedrick. Dave is not sold on light relying on Shedrick. No, and that's okay. That's man. very fair. That's, and that's very fair. What I mean, when I say not as sold on Shedrick, I specifically mean not as sold on UVA being able to, to consistently roll him out there. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, but if you look at the roster, you know, you, you know, there's Murray, there's um, McCorkle. Obviously you would have Kafaro. Um, you know, listen, could they go out there and add another piece? We can get that discussion in a second, but given what, what Gardner's going to play with next year. It's not quite the same as, you know, obviously what he had at ECU, but he's not joining like the 2019 team, right? Like the, this is not a, a team full of pros. Um, I'm really well, curious. Though, you, they were able to sell him on. You're yes. Gonna, we're going to yeah. need you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, listen, that's that, that. Look, that this is one of those rare times where UVA had playing time to sell. Like Tony's might not come out here and say, you're going to play yeah. 30 minutes a game. Right. But I mean, I mean come frankly, on. Frankly, based on history, like this seems like a recruitment that they probably would not have gotten. 
yeah. in other years. Because, like, they were able to say, like, hey, like, we don't have yeah. anybody in front of you. Like, you know, it's, you're not going to be, like, a complimentary piece. And look, it could break this way, right? Shedrick has a good offseason, and he's able to stay healthy, and he comes back, and he's physically in a, just a different place, and he's able to sort of build up that uh, that confidence and really get him get himself going. Statman could come back. Kafaro, you know, could could kind of be that consistently, you know, um, bruiser sort of guy you bring in uh, that they've used in the past. You could look ar- across a roster, and you know, maybe Murray is as good as they think he is. Maybe uh, Beekman is able to to take some steps forward. It's not that far of a stretch to think that there are a handful of these guys will develop in a way that makes the team even better. But what we've seen from Franklin, what we've seen from Gardner, and frankly, if I can. These two guys will be nice compliments to Kihei Clark, right? Like that's and maybe that's just me. But if I'm Kihei Clark, I'm really happy because now I got a guy who can take the ball to the rack, right? I got a big man who can take the ball to the rack or just go through a dude, right? I mean, if I'm Kihei, I'm ecstatic about those two additions. I don't know about you guys. But anyway, so in the bigger picture, yeah. Gardner is a perfect fit, but also I think he makes everybody else better in a way that um it might not be quite as you know quite the same that he did on his in his previous stop if that makes any sense yeah i mean i don't think he's going to be able to hit the numbers that he hit at ecu because of pace and because you know like ecu just desperately needed him to score as many points as he could but he probably will end up being more efficient and the one thing that we haven't talked about yet is not just his ability to score but his ability to get to the free throw line like true yeah like that's a huge asset um, that UVA, like, you know, we talked about it in the piece, but like UVA was good at shooting free throws, but they weren't good at shooting free throw, like getting there, <laughs> you know, they weren't good at getting those shots because part of that's just the design of the offense and all that. But like, it, it, it should be a huge help to have a guy like if they had, imagine if they had Gardner against Ohio, like what's Ohio going to oh, yeah. do with that? That's over. Like, yeah. Game game's over. Over. Like, yeah, there's no way they're winning that game. Um, yeah, he would shoot way too many free throws and he would get to the, you know, just layup line. But, you know, I, I really like that he can do a lot of different things. And when I was watching him, I was kind of expecting to be like, oh, this is kind of a square peg, round hole thing. Um, and you, I think, Dave, you said it. Like, there's a lot of plays they ran for him, pick and roll stuff. A lot of that stuff translates to what UVA does on offense. He worked as a screener a lot. So... It's not like he's going to get to UVA and be like, what's all this? Like, I have to set screens. Like, that's going to be normal for yeah. him. Like, he, he's done that. So, I, I think that's a, a huge thing. And I also like the fact that he can create his – like, one of the things – if, if you don't go and watch what he did, you probably won't realize, like, the guy can dribble like a guard. That was probably the most impressive thing to me. I was like, this guy can – you know, you say create your own shot, like, around the rim. He can take the ball up the court like a guard, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, I think if there's anything I'd add on, like, watching what was available for Gardner on YouTube or wherever, was, um, first of all, he didn't have a lot of – there weren't a lot of highlights of him, which make people say, well, you just saw the good stuff. But the highlights that were available were against the best teams ECU played last year. Yeah, and that's And he good. showed that's out against point. both. Um, and, you know, he and showed out against like, Wichita State and Houston. And that's yeah. one of the things, too, like with Fleming. It's like, you know, he played at Charleston Southern. Like, he's playing against Campbell, yeah, Gardner, and Asheville, and Radford. <laughs> like, he's not – yeah, he's not playing – I mean, it's still Division One basketball, but this dude is playing Houston and, like, real yeah. teams. Yeah, and we, everyone – I'm sure by, by now everyone's seen Kelvin Sampson's comments on him. Um, I mean, look, if there's – the other thing I noticed watching that is, like – and I'm sure you did it too because you had the clips. But when you go back and watch Virginia with Anthony Gill, you forget how like it made me wonder like why did Virginia wait so long to find another guy like this? I know they don't grow on trees, but Virginia's offense is just so much easier when you got a dude who, when the threes aren't falling, you can just say, "All right, go get us a bucket." And Anthony Gill did that a lot, yeah. um, especially in you know leading up to that, you know, the Elite Eight loss against Syracuse, like. Um, that season, Gill was a, a bucket getter, and he would I just think get was, you leaning, man. And he would, oh, yeah, yeah. That was a thing too. Is like he, you know, we think about like, oh, he was so good in the post, and he's not. I don't have like his exact measurements in front of me, but like, I mean, I've seen him. I've stood next yeah, to him. six nine. He, he's, he's tall. I don't know if he's that big. I think he's like a. I think he's like a six eight. 
Yeah, but I mean, he could. He's he taller could, than Gardner, but yeah, he's yeah, not he as, is not as physical as Gardner. Either, yeah, so but but he could, but he could beat guys like Bryce Johnson, who's like six ten. Yeah, because he was crafty and he like knew when to shoot the ball, like knew yeah. when to pump fake, when to when to make his move. He was he would like sort of slow play guys, and Gardner is more like I'm just gonna run you over. <laughs> but and that might yeah, be an that, adjustment for him in the ACC. Like he might he might realize like oh it's not so easy to just like plow through people. Um, but against you know, it's a lot not of like teams, he was. It's not like he was ahead. playing against nobodies. Yeah, know? exactly. Now I was gonna say there's some teams he's gonna run into issues with, right? And that's when I think having another big to complement Shedrick and Kofaro could benefit UVA because he can move Gardner to make him a big three when you play against a team like Carolina yeah, exactly. traditionally. I think that's sort of an underrated thing that I didn't realize. I was like, oh, he'll be like a four for UVA. And I was like, yeah, he could play as a three, especially if he's somehow – it's not impossible. If he like can hit a three every once in a while – yeah, like he could play the three when you need him to. Um, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that. So yeah, I, mean, I feel like we're we're you know blowing roses at the dude, but um, like I mean, if there's one thing that's concerned me about Gardner, it, it's gonna be look, it, he get, he gets heated, so like yeah, that's fun. We need that, but I mean, if there's one thing that concerns me, it's nothing that's on film. It's what he said in that interview, like that he wants to work on the three ball more. Um, like, look, let's be honest. If Gardner's going to make the NBA, he probably needs to develop that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, definitely does because he doesn't have the size to play. Yeah, that's one man. of the things with, like, these recruiting pitches I think about, too, where it's like UVA can pitch him on, like, how we can make you a really good college player as a four. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't help him become a pro. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to get grow a foot over offseason. If he does, watch out. You know, take whatever Virginia's odds are right Yeah, now, if he's 7-7, seven seven, <laughs> we're, we're straight. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I think if if you want to worry about one thing as a Virginia fan with him, it's it's you know, does he want to work on the three too much? But I do think if he can add it where it's two or three shots a game, and he you know some games he hits two, other games he hits one, mm-hmm. that would get 40 percent shooter. Um, even at thirty three percent, which I think he's a little bit below at ECU. He was fifty percent um, this year, but it was three for six. He like yeah. rarely, he like never shoots threes. But that but, was you know, the thing too. Up... Like, if you watch their offense, it's like they're not asking him to do that. No. And I think, yeah. and I think that's intru- like a, something that encourages me that he's not somebody that was like out there just like throwing up threes, like because yeah. <laughs> he could have easily in that offense. But the interesting combo for me is with him and Franklin. Um, you know, if you watch, if you go back and watch what Virginia did with Gill, a lot of times they would isolate Gill. You know, basically run sides with Gill mm-hmm. and a guard. And have the other three guy running block and mover on the other side. If you put Gill on the same side, I mean, sorry, if you put Franklin on the same side with Gardner, um, you know, we know Franklin can shoot the three and he can also drive the ball. So if they run a little screen roll action together, if Gardner get, develops where every now and then he can be the guy who slides up behind the three and let Franklin roll to the rim off the screen, like that changes the dynamic. So I'm excited to watch that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Look, Virginia still got holes to fill, I think, but they're they're in a much better spot than they were last week. One more quick thing on this. Um, I think one of the big things that this team is different from the team that we just watched is just ball handlers. Like we we talked about this at the end of the last season. You know, we said you know Trey is somebody who can dribble, but we just don't see him do it a lot. Like. And and Hauser could could do it, but it was sort of in like a shooting move. Like he would like back guys down and then you know do a fadeaway or something. He wasn't like dribbling to the rim. Um, now UVA has Kihei, who can obviously dribble. Reese, who is a one. Uh, Franklin can play like on the ball. He played a lot of on the ball at Indiana. Uh, Gardner dribbled and and ha- handled the ball quite a bit at ECU. So you're gonna have a, a lineup of guys that can all handle the ball. They can all get to the rim. Obviously, Kihei has issues sometimes because if he's so small, like getting through the trees. But, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, we only have one guy that can dribble the basketball. And you think about the championship team, you had, you know, two point guards basically playing with Jerome and Clark and then guy who could definitely handle the ball. You know, Dre, when he wanted to, he could get to the room. That was somewhere where he like improved a lot as a player. So. I think that's encouraging, like that you have a lot of guys that can handle the ball and go get their own shot late in the shot clock, which UVA is obviously in a lot. So, all right. So now the question is, what's next? Right? Not yeah. to not to go all um, you know um, uh, President Bartlett on you, but what's next? Like, 
I mean, they they have roster flexibility, right? Um, we talked about with with Trey being in the um, you know in the mix to to test the draft and everything. You you sort of have to move forward as if you're not you know you're not getting him back. Uh, they have a, a spot to use. Um, you know, it certainly feels like um, you know if you look at the roster, they seem to be okay at, at guard and on the wing. Maybe a, that that bouncy big um, kind of a springier guy. Maybe somebody who doesn't you know isn't looking for you know as much playing time right away. So maybe a guy with you know several years of eligibility left might work. Um, you know, they could you know go back to the guard. Um, Andre Hyatt just. Um, came into the portal tonight from um, from LSU kid from down seven five or excuse me down around Charlottesville right so um kid from Central Virginia but anyway I'm just curious what you guys want like what's you know they've already killed it you know in terms of like fitting needs and getting guys that were you know obvi- obviously very well um thought of and um and whatnot out of the portal uh, if they do go with one more do you what's what's the position that you feel like they need the most Dave, let's start with you. What's 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 your what's left on your wish list? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think they've got they've got to go for more than one more, regardless of what Murphy does. Um, like, I don't know how you can go into an ACC season off of what will surely be not a completely normal off season because they're still not together like they would be. Um, and I don't know what the summer is going to entail. Like, but I mean, we're currently with Murphy, I believe they have with Murphy in the draft now. Um, I think that leaves them with non-scholarships. Is that right? Um, I think non. Yeah. Ten with him, non without. Um, that's not a lot of dudes. Uh, yeah. So you got to add a couple. Um, but the question for me, and like this is something I was going to pose if you guys didn't ask it. Um, I was like, you know, I think at this point you have to assume Murphy's gone. If he comes back, Virginia next year is really, really good. Uh, I'm hoping he sees what he could do playing off a guy like Gardner. Um, but look, if the guy gets told he's going to be drafted high enough to get some guaranteed money and wants to do it, good for him. Um, look, I, that's not a <laughs> – it hurts for Virginia's team next year, but it helps them. I do think it's right? kind of funny that we went from, like, he won't play this year to he will play and he won't play for UVA again. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a topic I was going to propose after we debate on the podcast after he makes his final decision. was like, was it a good thing for Virginia if he got the waiver? <laughs> um but anyway, um, yeah, it's kind of like an anti Braxton key. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the, it's yeah. Braxton key in reverse. Yeah. The inverse, yeah. the inverse key. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think Virginia needs to add another big, um, but they also need to add another like kind of, and I'm not talking like a Gafaro big, I'm talking more of a, like, I mean, I hate to say a kill Mitchell. That dude was no, really, okay. really good, but you know, no, okay. that kind of guy, like a springy six, nine, six, 10 guy. Who yeah. maybe is offensively challenged, but can defend and jump, and is excited to be there. They they need like a they need a guy who's excited for the opportunity. Um, yeah, I was gonna say if, if they're gonna take a, a if they're gonna take a go flyer. Ahead. That's I was gonna say if they're gonna take a flyer. That's exactly the kind of guy you know take bet on a dude who's athletic and long. You know. Yeah, yeah, and then the other. I mean, I think you've got to add another wing. You know, big you know, big two, small three, or you know, even a normal three, even a small four, you need another body. Um, but there's two ways to go about it. I think you either go about it with trying to find like a younger guy that you can develop. Um, or you say, I'm, you know, or you say like Tane Murray is the answer for that extra score. And, you know, we believe McCorkle is going to develop into a better shooter. Uh, and then Statman can give you something because it's, I mean, I think, Franklin and Gardner most likely will be here for two years. I wouldn't like after Rice. I mean, after Murphy, maybe I shouldn't say that for sure. But look, you can also build a team saying, "Hey, let's just let's just bring in some depth, but try to try to get Murray some experience. Try to see what you know Beekman can do. Try to get McCorkle some playing time. Develop Shedrick, and then let you know Gardner and Franklin develop with those guys and make the following year's team much better." So I mean. I think it all comes down to who's available. Like you don't want to take a guy just to take a guy. Um, but I think either way, they've got to they've got to find someone. And if it's if it's a grad transfer, great. If it, you know, to me, it almost has to be a transfer. Um, well, this is a good time for you to bring up your transfer versus <laughs> I, late recruiting. I was getting ready to say. I was thinking about how to get to it. I was like, maybe Ferber will make a piece out of this and write twenty thousand words. But yeah, I mean, um, Brad turns it into but, a seven part series. 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, we talked about it in our text thread. But if you look at like, if you look at late edition recruits during the Tony Bennett era, there hasn't been many successful ones. But if you look at transfers, almost all of them have been successful. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, and I'm not going to pull it up and wish, yeah, risk I mean, losing for Zoom trans- today. <laughs> for transfers, it's like Hauser good, Murphy good, Gill <laughs> yeah. good, you know, Key good. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you had like a couple. Like, one or two that didn't work out. But. Yeah, here, here's the thing. Nigel Johnson was like fine, you know? Yeah. Nigel Johnson and Darius Thompson would probably be uh, your debatable Allison ones Nichols on the transfers. Austin Nichols obviously was the, yeah. was the one. That, but that was non-basketball. So, yeah. So. And then late edition recruits, there really hasn't been one that's been good. Uh, you've had like t- Taylor Barnett, Billy Barron. Late edition recruits being guys who committed during the year they yeah. graduated. Badoki. Yeah. Badoki, like those guys haven't worked out. So if you add that guy just to get depth, that's great. But – um, I don't know. I mean, like if you could have added Fleming to Franklin and Gardner, I think you make Virginia better next year. But there's also a part of me that, I mean, I talked about it in the last podcast. Like I think Murray's really good. Um, it's just hard to to know if that translates when they get when he gets here. But if you think he's good, he he could be the answer, and you can just find a couple guys for depth. But I mean, to me, it's hard to. I don't, I don't know how you can go into an ACC season with non scholarship guys. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, I I think that the answer to the question is basically like, what do you, if I'm Tony Bennett? Like, what do I think about everything else? So like, you, you just mentioned Murray. Like, that's a perfect example. If you think Murray is Joe Harris, then you don't have as many problems as we think. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you think Tane Murray comes in and gives you eighty percent of Trey Murphy, then you know, like the problems aren't as big. You still need to work on depth, but you know. We also, I'm not going to, I'm not falling into this trap though, because, you know, I'm really high on Murray too. I, the more I watch, the more I like, but you know, we've, let's look at the last two combo cards that UVA brought in, you know, like they're both transferred out now. Um, and you know, one we thought was going to have an immediate impact last year. And then one we thought would have an immediate impact this year. And neither of them are in the program anymore. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, Murray's going to come in and everything's going to be fine. So um, I expect, you know, him to be good eventually, but you know, for the next year's team, they might need to take a look at a three um, somebody, maybe, maybe even like a a four, three hybrid, three, four hybrid sort of player, um, you know, that can maybe stretch and shoot, but it can also maybe defend, um, as well. And, and I kind of, you know, I think about, you said Akil Mitchell, like I always think about like Mamadi sort of players, um, you know, stretchy fours, that would be great to add. But at this point you're either adding somebody who's, you know, like a, a freshman or a senior in high school. I mean, like that's a developmental player that's happy to kind of like sit and learn. And that doesn't help you next year really. Um, or you're adding a transfer. If you're adding a transfer, I think it has to be somebody, if you're adding like a four, it has to be somebody that's willing to be like a defensive player and not really, they're not coming to UVA to like, um, I don't want to say like they can't play in the NBA, but they're not coming to UVA to like get to the NBA. They're coming to UVA for like a good experience. And like, they feel like they fit a niche on a team that can be really good. If that makes sense. Um, and I think they're better off looking in the transfer portal for next year's team. And because then you get in this weird situation where it's like you can add a bunch of high school seniors that are late bloomers, but then you have the 2022 class coming behind. You've already got a really good player in McNeely in the class. Um, That class has the potential to be very, very good. And you don't want to necessarily like get, have a bunch of developmental players in those guys way, you know, if they're coming through and they're going to play because either those developmental players will end up transferring and never playing for you, or they're sort of just like, you know, almost competing for spots. I, I feel like for next year's team, they sort of have to just go back into the transfer market. And we talked about this again in our text thread, but, um, you know, the transfer portal isn't done. Like there's going to be guys that haven't even gone in yet. So we don't know. I mean, maybe somebody comes available tomorrow that is a perfect fit for UVA and wants to buy into what UVA needs and, and come right in and play. And, and it's a great fit, but I think if Mer- if if Trey leaves, I think you end up having to play a lot more three guard with Clark, Beekman, Franklin, or you're gonna have to try to find um, a three in the transfer portal um, for next year, or just hope that that Tane Murray can come in and play a lot right away. You know who oddly would be a really good fit for next year's team? 
is a dude who's going to be playing in Carolina next year. That's what. That's why that thing is so odd to me. Like he had to know Murphy is probably going to test the waters, right? Mm-hmm. And even if he knew Virginia was looking at Gardner, like I think McCoy could have played with Gardner, and certainly like you know spelled him. Um, that, yeah, because then I'm you not. could almost and and that's <laughs> not, one of the not things to follow too. on Justin, Justin, but that's the weird thing about where he ended up. Because I don't like. If anything, I think the situation in Virginia might have been better because he knows the system already. Well, also, I think sometimes we forget that, like in theory at least, you can have a player that is more of a four on offense, but they guard the three on defense. You know what I mean? Like, you could have a. In theory, you could have Trey. If Trey came back, you know, he might be a better. He might be closer to like a springy four than Gardner. So he could maybe fill that role, whereas like you have Gardner play in the post on offense, and and Murphy would play outside. You, does that make sense? Like, so yeah, I think that you could have had you know like Justin play with Gardner, but I mean yeah, and just invert defensively. Yeah, I think 100 percent you could have. Yeah, I think people get too not, caught up to in like oh the one plays point guard on offense and guards the point guard on defense, and a lot of times it does work out that way. But you can like flip the roles and things like that. So. I mean, I think if you could find somebody that can play multiple positions, I think that would be a huge asset. But, yeah. you know, All easier that said, said like, than done. I mean, I mean, I think if you just look at the addition of Franklin and, and Gardner with the current guys, if Murphy does decide to return, that's a very, very good team. Yeah, and I, but I still think team. I still think with that team adding another big, just because, look, Cafaro, you know, Cavaro hasn't shown the ability to stay on the court for a lot of minutes, and we still don't know what Shedrick is. Like, I think Shedrick has all the potential in the world. But, you know, you don't see many bigs go on, you know, look at Jay Huss progression and minutes played. Um, it's a lot of pressure on a guy that big to play the pack line for 40 minutes. Um, you know, yeah, Jay was basically the, a senior before he played over had, 20 minutes. The title team, you had Mamadi and Jack. And Jack, yeah. Like, you know, if you don't have a guy that can come in. Jay didn't play much, guys. like, you know, two years ago. Like, yeah. And then you even play key at the four a lot. So, you know, yeah. like, you had a bunch of guys. So, and then you had Jay Huff. So, like, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you had a bunch of guys that had to come in and play. You know, you can't just go, oh, we have two bigs. You know, everybody else, we'll just, we'll just figure it out. So, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, it's another thing that's going to be tough is that you've now gotten Gardner and Franklin. So, like, if you're going back into the portal to get a top-end guy, it's like, what are you telling him his role is going to be, you know? One thing real quick, you guys failed to mention Mamadi as a guy who committed and then enrolled in the same class, just FYI, technically speaking. Yeah, but he's kind of an I know, I know. I'm, I was <laughs> being a smartass. All right. I'm trying to remember who the one dude, one the go, one good one was, and I couldn't pull it up in the thread for some reason. Um, there was one guy who turned out pretty good. Uh, uh, well, Shayok was one. Shayok was pretty good. Shayok, yeah, that's who it was. But but he yeah, was only available was because his yeah coach, his his coach left and then uh, yeah. yeah he became available. Um, couple thoughts. One, I'm not entirely sure that. Well, actually, let me back up. What I sa- what I thought was fascinating was so I I also did a, a, a similar story with the uh, folks from Tar Heel Illustrated about McCoy. And so I went over to their board to see sort of, you know, if anybody was like, you know, light me on fire or anything like that. And like they were talking to them, talking themselves into sort of McCoy being a three. And maybe, maybe he makes a jump with a three, his three point shot that I just haven't seen. Um, and if that were to come to pass and he can, you know, he can really play that and defend it. Okay, cool. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing him fit in there, at least especially in UVA system. So I'm not sure if, if, um, I'm not sure how much he and Gardner would have played together potentially um, unless they were just, you know, determined to go small ball. um, And for the first time, Tony really wanted to use his offensive, um, you know, his offensive uh, advantage in a way that he didn't care about what it did to his defense. Typically, even when he has an advantage offensively, he will go to whatever defense he needs to play right i don't know how mccoy and gardner fit on offense because one of them has to play outside exactly yeah yeah. but then the flip side of that is is that um you know you can see a scenario where you know because of the space they've got and yeah as of right now you're talking nine dudes um you you sort of have to keep a little bit of a placeholder for mcneely um because of you know 
going forward. You don't want to yeah, bring yeah. in another guy like him that's going to play. No, you, you, know, you can't go out and sign years. five more. <laughs> but you could go yeah. out and sign. You could certainly go out and sign. A, a, not necessarily a true on project big, but a but a guy who uh, you know just sort of bet on the athleticism at, at, and length. Um, you know, get the get get somebody like that in there, and then you could go get like a one or two year guy. Um, you know, at the, um, you know, that kind of a, uh, kind of like a two, three sort of guy. You don't want to mm-hmm. replicate what Franklin gives you, but also because he's so versatile that you can play him with a lot of different pieces. And, and honestly, I think he's the, the secret sauce here in the sense that like, he's a guy you could literally put with anybody, right? Because like Ferber was talking earlier, you know, he's got, he's done this, he's done this, he's done that. Like you can pair him with Beekman, no problem. You could have him be a three with the two of them on the floor together. Right, like I, when the two of them. I mean, by Beekman and Clark. Um, yeah, you can play Franklin a variety of ways. So whatever piece you get is probably going to fit with him. Um, you know, the question, of course, you don't want to. You know, whatever role you've you've talked to him about filling, you don't want to like go out and get a guy that's just like that. But they could they could definitely use somebody in a Murphy, um, you know, a Murphy type of skill set. And what I mean maybe by that even, specifically maybe is even a three point shooter. Well, yeah, if they could get Trey Murphy back, maybe they could win. Maybe he could win that recruitment. Yeah. The third yeah. time for the in the third time, the second time in the third recruitment. Um, but no, you I just think the, like they could use a little bit more pop from three. That's really the only thing, the only yes, real weakness 100%. I see. You know, now yeah. here's the thing though. Again, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Like you know, guys take some steps. If McCorkle, you know, takes a little bit of a, of a, a step forward and he can play and give you some minutes, you don't need him to come in and average twelve a game. But you, if he hit a couple threes a game and they could do it consistently. You know, like and, you're not, and at UVA just play defense well enough to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if he could give court. you if he could give you anything remotely close to what Kyle Guy gave you as a freshman, you know, and I mean, I think for a lot of these guys, you're going to have to sort of throw last year out. They didn't get the same ramp up. They didn't get conditioning through the year. You know, the the game just wasn't the same. Um yeah, you the know, preseason, that's the, like the non-conference schedule was like half the amount. And maybe of time. that's a that, maybe that's a good place to talk about Jabri. We I don't mean to to just gloss over that. I mean he's a highly rated recruit. Um, anybody who paid attention to me, I mean I watched that kid. He was a bucket getter. I mean I have not watched a kid that UVA has seriously recruited who I ever saw just be able to just go and do it. I mean that kid, every time I saw him was like that. Um, and I and I think that it's one of those things that the only down, the one one big downside I guess to the portal is like you you have guys who have so much potential and you never you know you never get to see it again it's up to them and it's it's their experience and if they want to go somewhere else that's you know their decision and 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 I think folks should should support that from a fan perspective from somebody who covers a team perspective like it sucks not to see what Jabri could have been um, simply because he's such a talented and, and and obviously he's got a you know such a talented kid with so much potential. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's one of those things, right? It's like you 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 have these other guys on the roster, and you ha- and you haven't seen them sort of be who they're going to be, and you know the circumstances were not right for guys who need that work to sort of you know develop their game. And frankly, Virginia's a development program, right? They don't typically take guys and it's you know just add water, right? Like dudes have to work and dudes have to develop, and so yeah, not having Jabri is kind of a tough uh, a tough take. But at the same time. You know they have a handful of dudes, and I'm really curious to see how they progress with a you know quote unquote normal off season and, and ramp up going into next season. But yeah, I don't think they're done in the portal by any stretch. And I think Ferber's point earlier about guys who aren't in the portal yet um, that will be there. I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, every day it seems like there's still a couple more that come in, um, and now that there's more coaching change and stuff coming, um, maybe more guys decide to pop in even still so we'll see and there's like a trickle down effect too where it's like if you're at indiana and they take a guard it's like if you're a backup guard maybe you're like well i need to get in the portal (laughs) exactly like that's the way it works you know and now you're gonna have guys who you know so arizona has a new coach you've got you know obviously unc greensboro is gonna have a a new coach cincinnati's got an is gonna is now has a new coach i mean there's there's a lot that's going on and it will keep sort of you know churning a little bit um kind of as time goes on but I think that's a really good place to put a pin in it for this week. Um, that was one of the more eventful weeks between podcasts that we've had in a long, long time. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think folks will um, hopefully. I mean, I, I would love to think that there will be lots of additions and stuff for us to talk about next week, but 
Um, we'll have to wait and see what that brings. Now, if you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. And if you don't mind, you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is the programs are quote-unquote sold. We should be there. Um, and if you're so inclined, you give us a rating review. We uh, very much appreciate that. Now, if you're somebody who has found the podcast, has not given us a look at the website yet, you should check us out at catscorner.com. You can read lots of stuff that Ferber wrote in the last week about uh, Armand Franklin and um, Jaden Gardner with a, a bunch of gifts and comparisons and stuff. Like I said, I thought he did a really great job with those. Um, it, even though we haven't been able to talk about it much in, in part because basketball has been so crazy, but also, you know, we're not, we're not able to, to watch practice. Um, but spring ball is happening. Um, got stuff on the plenty of like feature stuff, Papinga talking about, um, Noah Taylor and Nick Jackson needing to improve this year. Who's going to be the backup quarterback. That's a, you know, QB one is always a big question, but once you have your QB one, you don't have a QB two. What's, you know, what's that like for UVA going into the season? Um, and then Ricky Brownfield moving over from, from offense to defense now coaching up UVA's cornerbacks. I got to be honest, as a dude who's covered them for a while, I was, I mean, some of his quotes, his, his directness about what they need to do to fix that, I thought was, was pretty impressive. Um, and then UVA's baseball just won another uh, ACC series, and uh, Damon's been doing a great job on that beat as well. So give us a look at CavsCorner.com. We very much uh, appreciate your time, your energy. We appreciate all of what Dave and Ferber uh, do for the show, do for the site. Um, they, they put up with me every week, and I, I, great, I greatly appreciate that. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Yeah.